Hello, welcome to The Digesting, where we discuss what's going on around the world. My name's Sam. My name's Zara. So grab a cuppa and a digestive and join us today whilst we discuss with survival of sex trafficking, abuse and domestic violence, Sharonika Lashe, who lives in Georgia, US. We'll also ask her about the US election as a Trump supporter, how she sees the future with Joe Biden, the president-elect. But before diving into it, and speaking of US presidents, guys, Barack Obama's memoir, A Promised Land, is out, and God forbid, this is a massive book. I mean, I haven't even started reading it, but here's what Gary Young from The Guardian writes, and I quote, a well-written, well-written, insightful appraisal of his campaign, and most of his first term has landed in a moment of political farce, presidential hubris, and national calamity. So if you are intrigued as much as I am, you should definitely buy the book. But be prepared, guys, to be immersed in Obama's life for the time of 768 pages. That's not all we want to talk about before introducing Sharonika, is it, Zara? I mean, we ought to speak about Christmas and the current situation with COVID-19. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it's something we're probably all sick of hearing about and seeing on TV and hearing from everyone we know. Um, but at the same time, it's something that we have to speak about, and it's COVID, it's new tier systems. Um, so I live in Sheffield, where we're in tier three. So this is the highest alert system, as far as I know, and you can't meet anyone at all who you don't live with. Everything's still shut, apart from gyms and hairdressers, which I don't entirely get, because why would you need a fresh trim in lockdown? It's not like you can go out clubbing or anything. But no, it doesn't make sense. Said, but... <laughs> yeah. To be fair though, that being said, like the fact that gyms are the only thing open has like made me like actually focus on the gym for once. So maybe, <laughs> well, maybe I'll come I out should. of this pandemic nice and I'm not into I'm not into three and you know, gyms are open and mo- pretty much everything's open, but um I should definitely go back to the gym. I just I'm just too busy. I mean I'm just yeah, so making what's excuses. It, what's it like in tier two then? Because Obviously, you're from London, so it's it's meant to be the most severely impacted there. So, you know, what's going on there? Yeah, so, well, the situation has kind of, you know, changed a lot. Uh, London has become one of the highest, um, you know, area where we have the most cases. And for now, we're in tier two, which, you know, it means we can socialise outside of our home, but we cannot socialise indoors only with our bubble and, uh, you know, pubs and bar closed unless, you know, unless they are operating as restaurants. And obviously there's all this kind of first about, you know, whether what's considered as a substantial meal with, you know, the, what, what's it called? The, um, the egg, um, what's it called? I, I can't remember the name. Clear. I can't remember the name of it, but you know, like, it, it, it's a bit of a mess and I'm kind of worried now because obviously Christmas is approaching and yeah even though you know we have this kind of five days window of relaxation for everyone um, I'm planning to kind of go away before Christmas and it doesn't go uh, like it doesn't fall on those dates where we are we have this relaxation time um, so it is it is just we don't know i mean obviously the vaccine yeah um, is here people uh, received their first jab um this week it started on this past tuesday um which is good news um yeah it's i mean the situation is keeps evolving and evolving even mm. though you know now we have more sort uh. of not security but you know we have a vaccine and it seems that, you know, even though the lockdown helped reduce the amount of cases, it's picking back up as soon as we came out of lockdown. So we don't know whether it's due to, you know, mass testing in universities or it's because, you know, with a mm. frenzy about people going out to, you know, to shop for Christmas. I mean, it's been crazy, honestly. Yeah, no, I bet. I'm sort of happy I am in tier three for that because if we weren't in tier three, it definitely would have spreaded with Christmas shopping. But um, I was quite surprised that um, London was only in tier two because um, I thought they should have been in tier three straight away. And I do sometimes think that like the government are obviously doing like the best that they can, 
but they are kind of you know i get like they're trying to like there's a balance to sort of like save the economy and like keep it healthy even though it's not really healthy but i while like stopping coronavirus from spreading but i feel like you know the government could have shut things earlier um especially with london because i've heard it's actually awful there but in regards to the vaccine like would you take it or would you not because when it first came out this news that we were going to have this vaccine soon like I was so happy because I was like finally like things might get back, back to normal but then you know as I was scrolling down my Twitter feed I saw loads of people saying oh I'm not taking the vaccine you know it's this it's that no one knows the after effects so I'm quite intrigued like I'm would you take it or not because I don't know I mean, whether I would or not now yeah that's a good question I mean I'm still debating and that's a chat I had with my boyfriend we still don't know whether we'd have it but I mean, you know, you 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 always have these kind of crazy theories that you know you're gonna get a, a, you know like a microchip in your body injected, is is the government will be able to track you down? It's just crazy and crazy, yeah, and, you know, crazier and crazier like theories. But I guess if I were to take it, I would probably have it just because I had COVID nineteen. It wasn't Did a joke. Yeah, what was it I, like? I had it. Uh, I've I just, managed to come out like unscathed, and I really don't know how. I, honestly, it's 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 a weird experience because basically I was starting showing symptoms, so I went for the tests, came back negative. So I was like, okay, I'm just I just have the flu, but I still I stayed home. Uh, two days later, it got it got really worse. Like I had a bad cough. My chest was so painful. It felt like someone was pressing down my chest and I couldn't breathe properly. So I went for another test. And this time I took the car, I drove in because I didn't want to risk, you know, taking the public transport, yeah. all of that. And I couldn't book a test or like a home test kit. So I had to go and get one done. Um, came back negative as well. And I was like, what the what the hell is going on? Like, what, what what's happening? And um, the following night, I thought I was dying. We had to call 111 because oh I was literally, I, I woke up with a stabbing pain in my head. I felt like someone was extracting my brain. It was awful. Um, I really thought, I know people die from it. Uh, I'm not saying, you know, I'm very, you know, grateful and fortunate that I, you know, didn't get that bad. But when you have it and you're experiencing symptoms like a pain you've never felt before, you just don't know what's happening. And thank God I mm. don't live by myself. Like I'm so thankful I had my boyfriend with me. But it's just so scary. And it got better two days after. I just I was just basically uh, bed bound for two weeks mostly. So yeah, it's not pleasant. Um, so I would say if I can have the vaccine, I would probably have it. It's quite bizarre though, because I've heard of like, so three of my flatmates had coronavirus and I don't know how the hell I didn't get it from them three, because uh, they definitely did not follow guidelines, but whatever. Um, and they didn't really have any symptoms at all. I think like one of them literally, I think she lost his sense of smell and then yeah. they were coughing a lot. And then my boyfriend's mum had coronavirus and she had no symptoms at all. And I remember she was saying to my boyfriend, oh, I've just done a workout. I feel amazing. I feel, I've never felt like this good in ages. And then she got oh, wow. the text saying that her test came back. To so it's weird how it affects people differently. Like, are they yeah. different? Like, I'm not really that educated on it. Like, is it different strains or um, is it just, does it just depend on your immune system, I guess? I, I suppose so, but not only. I think, I don't know, it, you know, even scientists, they can't really answer that question. And like most people, they lose their sense of taste and smell. And I was fine. I, I could still smell and taste completely fine. But I had all, all of the symptoms. I was so exhausted, a really bad cough. I mean, and migraines, headaches were the worst. I mean, I'm used to having migraines because I, I'm being treated for migraines, but this is, an, that, that was on another level. So 
for people out there saying you know like it's 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 not it's mm. there's no virus and it's it, it's not right and blah 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 yeah how are they um, i want to know how are they still people in this world who literally think that like the government have like made this up and stuff well trust me like people i was um i watched something earlier and people um in hospitals they still like literally they were saying they had the virus and they were like no 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 i don't have a virus blah 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 no, it doesn't exist. And I was like, well, you, you've tested positive. Like, just, you know, it needs to, I get that, you know, you can be close-minded and you can't, you can't, you, you know, you can be like, I don't want to see it. I don't want to hear about it. But reality is there's a pandemic. There's a virus going on. There's a deadly virus going around, you know. Mm. And The if world wouldn't it, change so much if it wasn't going around. Yeah, exactly. But, um, I mean, you know, life has changed, you know, drastically for everyone. And um, and I think, you know, as we are approaching Christmas, people are getting excited. And I think that's probably a reason why, you know, the number of cases, uh, especially in London, are rising. Because mm. people are going out. Like, I literally, I went to work the other day and on my way back, I stopped by Apple uh, to pick up my new phone and um they have a good system in place like you know you don't go into the store you just wait outside uh they take your temperature and all of that but i walked by literally oxford street and i was scared i was scared like the amount of people out there was crazy i've never seen that i mean yes i've seen oxford street busy because my university is not far from there. But that was enough. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, even the news, they were like, it's crazy, uh, you know. And we shouldn't be too surprised that number number of cases are rising because, you know, people people are also tired of, you know, not socializing, not seeing their friends, their family. Some of, you know, mm. some people, they live alone, they live by themselves. So they need, to, you know, we're humans and we need that, you know, proximity with our close yeah. friends um so yeah i mean i guess you know christmas will be good i'm just scared it will be a weird christmas but i think that's what everyone needs right now is you know sometimes with your close ones and you, you know you, you the people you love and you care about i think obviously the pandemic has been awful but like one good thing that has come out of it like not much good has come out of it but I like to think that every negative comes from a positive is it's definitely made me because I used to be quite materialistic always care about like money you know going out drinking um and it sort of kind of put me in my place and made me realize okay well you know your health is actually the most important before anything else like you should wake up every day and be you know happy that you're alive you know your happiness your family your friends the, the just the yeah. close bubble around you i think it's made me realize sort of like the importance of that and now um things that i would used to obsess over before like money and um going out for cocktails and buying fancy new dresses like i don't even think about it or care anymore yeah i mean i completely relate to that because i'm quite into fashion i like to dress well and you know i like to have you know I don't, I don't go out, I don't drink, so I kind of save on that side, especially as a student. Yeah, you're lucky. I wish <laughs> I did that. <laughs> but I do, you know, I, I, I smoke cigarettes, so obviously that sort of so, money yeah, goes into it. that. But like during lockdown, I've been fortunate enough. I've had a, I found a full-time job, which because we're, you know, we're stuck at home, it's basically allowed me to have a full-time job sorry full-time job and study at the same time which how, the hell are you managing that? <laughs> yeah I, I mean it's big bec- it's becoming really hard as you know we're approaching the end of our semester first semester now yeah. and I've got actually two jobs one full to full-time and one part-time so that means seven days a week I work and it's getting harder because assessments are coming in and you know but I've managed to do to do it so far and it's helped me because I've managed to save money. I've managed to, you know, not struggle during lockdown, which I, again, I'm really grateful for because I know some people have lost their job. Like my partner, he lost, he was made redundant and then he yeah. lost his job. 
And I mean, he was lucky enough again. I think we're quite fortunate that, you know, he found a job two weeks later, but lockdown has had a toll on everyone in a way yeah. or, another, or another. And I think some people have managed to learn something from it. And if you manage to take positive out of it, then, you know, in some sense, you win as well. As we're moving towards the end of the year now and everyone starts looking back on 2020 and what they've achieved, um, everyone should at least give themselves a pat on the back for literally just making it through this year. I think that's a big of an achievement enough because this year has been tough on all of us. Yeah, no, I fully agree with that. All right, well, that was us on, you know, the COVID situation. We're now going to speak to Sharonika, who, again, you know, if you're, if you're not very comfortable with, you know, sex trafficking, abuse, and domestic violence, I would um, advise you listen to our next episode. But, um, yeah, uh, we're just going to welcome and introduce Sharonika Dashe now. And I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Okay, my name is Sharonika Lachey. Um, some people can't pronounce that, so some people call me Shay. Um, I'm from Georgia, um, uh, Thompson, Georgia. It's a small town in Georgia, but right now I live in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, I own a nonprofit organization called um, Bold. It's beautifully outspoken leading dogs, and it basically mentoring teenager girls that's like kind of out of control. Some of them not out of control, but based off what I went through, at an early age i didn't have nobody that i can talk to and look up to and share my experience or somebody to try to tell me okay you need to do the right thing stop doing this to hold me accountable so it's like accountability group to hold these young girls accountable to, to keep them to try to keep them on the right path and so um i was raised up in like a religion-based um church um, my family, there was like a board, executive on the board. So we was the first one at church and the last one to leave church. And so when I got older, I was like, I'm not going back to church. I'm tired of church. And so um, when I got grown and started doing my own thing, I went to college. And so um, because in the household, I didn't have a choice when I stayed with my parents. So right when I went to college, I, that's when I started like doing any and everything. And that's when I started doing prostituting and stripping and stuff. And so it was like one thing led to another. And that's why I got became a victim of sex trafficking, drug trafficking, and just been experienced some of everything. I've seen a lot at an early age. And so with my sex trafficking experience, that would cause me to like, I went through a transition and they made me change my whole life around right then because they videotaped it and everything so it was like a oh, wow. trauma my past, my past was a trauma and so i know i got um my uh copanism was writing when i wrote things down i felt better so i just wrote out my life story and wrote a book about it and um and i published a book on it yeah i saw that and uh we'll, we'll come to that because i've got a couple of questions about your book but um so can you can you tell us a bit more about you know how you got first into you know um, the sex trafficking experience? Can you tell us about your experience about sex trafficking and okay, a bit so more details? Okay, gotcha. So what happened to me? My situation. Mine was more of a manager acting like he was going to be my manager because my whole life my dreams was modeling and acting, and so I basically was looking for different gigs and acting gigs. And so my manager, well, the person that was acting like he was going to be a manager had me come to Atlanta, Georgia and acting like I was signing a contract for them that they was going to pay me and et cetera. So and I'm like, making, legit. right. And so um, I text my friends. I was like, I'm going to be at such and such address in Atlanta if anything happened to me. And they was like, why are you going somewhere you don't know? I was like, I'm finna, this is like a deal breaker to me. I'm thinking that I'm about to be put on by be famous and all this etc so yeah. when i pulled up at the house the house was huge i'm so i'm thinking okay they're legit because the house real big getting there several celebrities was inside the house so i'm thinking okay he's what he say he is because i'm seeing different celebrities well-known celebrities inside the house 
So um, when I get there, we was talking about modeling and acting, but then we go into whatever room, we went into a room and he started asking me about drugs. He's like, have you ever did drugs before? I'm like, drugs? No, I haven't done drugs before. Like what drugs got to do with modeling and acting? He was like, you never thought about doing drugs? I was like, no. I said, if I'm going to do it, it's going to be on my own terms, not nobody making me do it. So he would just start trying to tell me why I should do it. And so I'm like, something don't sound right. And then I'm starting to feel weird. Like, this is kind of weird because I'm thinking I'm coming here for a contract. So I told him yeah. I'm going to use the bathroom. I went to the bathroom. I texted my friends. I said, make sure you hear from me by the morning time if you don't call the police. If you don't hear from me, call the police, whatever. Because something just didn't sit right with me. And so when I came back in there, they was like, you good? I'm like, yeah, I'm good, whatever. And I said, um, and he was like, you thirsty? You hungry? I was like, no, I'm not hungry, but I am thirsty. And he asked me, what do you want to drink? So I wasn't thinking that maybe anything would be in my drink because he asked me what I wanted to drink. So I was like, yeah. and then he wanted to get some drinks. So I told them I wanted, uh, it was an alcohol beverage. I told them I'd take Kinky. And which he gave it to me, and he had to be done put the drugs inside the, the drink, but I didn't know nothing about it. I was young and dumb, so I didn't know nothing about it. The only thing I can how, remember... How, how old were you? I was around 17, 18. Oh, yeah, quite oh, young. So, literally, um, only thing I remember that night, I remember getting real sleepy and dozing off. And so, I blanked out, don't remember what happened that night. That next morning when I woke up, I was paranoid because I'm like, dang, I must got pissy drunk. Well, I don't remember what happened the night, that night before. So I was super paranoid because I didn't know what happened that night. So I was like, I must got real drunk. Where were you in the morning when you woke up? No, I stayed there. Oh, you stayed in there? The okay. Stayed there. But I didn't even know. I literally didn't know what happened. Like, my mind was completely blank. And so I got paranoid and scared because I didn't know what happened that night before so it was kind of like an embarrassing moment so he came to me telling me I was doing this and that and I was like like doing like having sex or whatever and I was like nah I wasn't doing that well, he was like yeah and he showed me videos of myself and I literally broke down crying and I'm like he was trying to tell me why no okay first he was like how do you feel and I'm like I feel good but I don't know what happened last night I'm like that's weird that never happened to me and so he was like, I told you the, the drug was going to make you feel good. It was going to do this to you, do that to you. I was like, drugs? What drugs? He was like, you was on this, you was on that. I'm to my name and all different kind of stuff. And I was like, no. Do you know what drugs the they gave you? Um, one of them I know cocaine. I know it was Molly, but I don't, I can't remember the other stuff, uh, the other stuff they put in because I'm not familiar oh. with the drugs, but I just know it had cocaine, Molly, whatever Molly is. Um, so it was basically a, a cocktail of drugs. Yeah, they gave yeah, you more than one. Yeah, basically laced the drink or whatever. And so, um, whatever they That's did, so it had me blank out. And so, um, I literally, I cried. I told them I got to go. I didn't say too many words to them. When I left there and went, um, I drove to the stop sign, like in the street, and I just broke down crying and screamed to the top of my lungs and cried out to God and just cried out like, please cover my past. And so I sent them an email to try to have a paper trail. And I was basically saying, if that video get out, then I'm going to go to the police about it or whatever, about what happened. So I get a phone call. Two hours later, I get a private phone call. They never respond to the email. They called my phone private saying, hey, I got your email. Just letting you know, if you go to the police about it, this is going to be all over social media. Around that time, World Star Hip Hop was popular. Facebook and all that other stuff wasn't popular then. It was like MySpace. MySpace was just yeah. getting off that time but it was world star hip-hop and myspace that was popular and so me thinking and knowing he had celebrities already in the house so i'm knowing he already well connected that he can get this stuff on social media if he wants to so i just stayed quiet for nine years then say nothing about it for nine years yes, but so just to, to just to give just to give context to the listeners how old are you now i'm 29 29 so that was about over a little bit over 10 years ago yes oh wow okay so you didn't speak I, for nine years literally just now started saying something last year oh wow so that's that's a that's a long way matter, matter of fact this same time last year because sex trafficking is very high during the holiday season it's very high and so 
how I remember because I had a Facebook memory came up on my timeline when I spoke about it um, last year because it kept having different stuff in Atlanta, Georgia that was going on down there that different women was getting missing from the sex trafficking. But in the entertainment business, it's a lot of sex trafficking going on in the entertainment business, in the entertainment industry. And um, do you do you remember what celebrities? Who who were they? The people in the house. Um, I remember it was Keith Sweat. Um, I don't know if you know who that is. It was Tank in the house. Um, the yeah. other celebrities, I don't know who was in the house, but I just recognized those two, and I um, and I was a big fan of Tank, so I remember Tank and Keith Sweat being there. Oh wow! Okay, and um. So basically, what what were you, if you if you don't mind saying, um, but what were you doing in the videos without giving it too much details? But what were the videos like? Oh, um, um, based a uh, sex video. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, sex video. Do you think that they've posted those videos anywhere and like not told you, or are those videos? I will, I don't I have no idea. I have no idea. But but the place I'm in now, back then, I wouldn't go forth because I was so scared of my past. Now I'm to the point that even if it was to resurface for something that happened ten years ago, I'm I'm in that place where yeah, I know how to own it. Like, yep, that was me then. I did it. It happened. I wasn't aware of it, but it is what it is and I know how to own my stuff now. Even a bad decision I did, I'm, I own my stuff now because my past don't control me anymore. So now I, I like, I yeah. don't care. So also, if it was the surface now, I'd be like, yeah, that was me. That's my tattoo. That was me. <laughs> so but now also, I'm, you I'm, know, as uh, I mean, it's hard to just be like, you know, you can't just blame yourself for what you did, even though you know, you know, you know, you took a wrong decision at some point. You make the wrong choice. Uh, how you can't blame yourself for for people. Basically, their job is to lure you in, and you know, right. get something out of you. So how how did you deal with that? How so basically because you know, for nine years you didn't speak out. Right. So how were the nine years for you? How did you speak to anyone? Uh, so were you going to therapy? It um I did counseling and therapy. But it also had killed my dreams for modeling acting because, mind you, my dreams was modeling acting. And so I stopped pursuing the modeling acting career because I was like, if it come with all this, I don't want to do it. But now I'm back in the industry now, but I'm connected to different people. And um, But it also increased my prayer life. I prayed so much harder after that event. I mean, after that happened, I prayed a lot harder. And so... um. I'm I'm very careful now, very very aware now. But it also, but for that during those nine years, I stay um, silent. Um, I was very sensitive to anything. I was um, very emotional. I didn't even want I didn't even want to be in a relationship with nobody because I felt like maybe if they found out that they'll be disgusted with me. So it was like it messed with my relationship life my family life with my um my parents and my um my father and my mother so it was just like i always felt like you know how those people that always feel like some everybody out to get them so i had yeah. the mindset of everybody was out to get me so i couldn't hardly i couldn't trust nobody and then i couldn't trust i couldn't talk to i didn't even tell no friend like well, my friend she wanted to ask me why you text me that but i i didn't even tell them because i felt like people were gonna judge me so i didn't talk about it to nobody wow okay so wow that's i mean that's a lot just on one person to just you know keep moving forward and trying you know to still you know get on with life when something like that happened and you know it's it's traumatizing it's a trauma right. um but you so you mentioned you mentioned before that all this happened that you stopped going to church and all of that but after that then how was your relationship with your um oh, it's it been unstoppable ever since then unstoppable like literally um now i used to look up to my mama and depend on my mama prayers and stuff 
now it's the point it, it don't the tables don't turn now she look for my prayers and people come to me for encouraging words or motivational words or whatever so it i really got so deeper to the point i'm always reading studying and reading the bible just ever since then that's why i say even though i hate that happened but it shifted my whole life and it transit it made me look at life totally different uh all right and so i know for example in the uk there's very little um statistics and data on uh, sex trafficking so for example this year i was looking earlier there's nothing recorded nothing uh you know the police has no idea so they said they had no uh complaints about it um no sexual um trafficking offenses were recorded to the police how, yeah. how is it in the us or in georgia for example where you are um in georgia a lot of people like to use video as blackmail and um and so basically so they won't get in trouble because they're making a lot of money all sex trafficking in the united states especially allowing yeah. they're making a lot of money because even i found out um this man he run like several people run a whole escort company and so what they do is they go to the hotel they pay the hotel owner and they go get like 10 rooms at a hotel and station different girls in a room and basically pimp the girls out and having different people going in and out of the rooms. So they're making a lot of money off of, cause for example, they'll charge the person, let's say they charge the person $3,000. They probably give the girl 1500. Oh wow, okay. And so they're not even doing nothing but finding the people and get an extra money. So they're making a lot of money off of it. And then the reason why I say it's very big, especially in Atlanta and in the entertainment, because females that looking to be a, coming to Atlanta to be a strippers, coming to Atlanta to um trying to be a rapper or whatever, those are the main people they go after because you're vulnerable. They understand you're trying to get money. You want you want a lot of money. So they they look at that as being vulnerable and so they easily those people are more easy to get uh trapped into something like that and be a, a victim easier to be a victim to it so you also i know you know um you've suffered from domestic violence as well yes um was that similar to when when you had this exp that experience uh you know at the house where you were drugged or was it later on in your life um that was that was basically later on and beforehand with um my child father um basically when i tried to move on it got worse and like that, to the point that they dragged me by my neck dragged me down the stairs oh, wow. pulled me out or dragged me by my hair and so um Oh, when we get in the fight, like literally one time my nose had almost broke. And so, um, and several times she was in my hand and I almost dropped her even while he was beating on me. And oh, so wow. it was right. And so her first three years of her life, she was traumatized because every time somebody gave me a hug, she felt like they were about to jump on me. So she would fall out crying all over the ground because she's seen us fight so much. So how every old is time she now? Gets, she's 10 now. Okay, how, how is she, I mean, obviously it's traumatizing uh, for a child, especially if they remember what's happened and they've seen everything that's happened. Uh, but how is she now? Now she's very, like, when she was younger, she was wild. But um, now she's very mature <laughs> and nice. Think that probably come from me. When I changed my life around, I seen her life get changed as well. That's good. So, okay. um, but she's now, um, she's aware of like the stuff that he did. And like, even now he's, um, he's not the best person in the world, but he had made a change, a, a lot of changes uh, for her. But um, from my understanding, he still do it to his current girlfriend. So, oh, wow. Okay. Lost the film with people like that, though. I think in every relationship they got, it's the same. Right, yeah. but you know how some kids they think the world of their parents. No matter what your no matter what your parent do, they think the world of their parents. So she don't have like no negative thought. Yeah, her. yeah. That's. I mean, it's tricky as well. Like you don't you don't want your child to be without father or mother as well. 
but also when you suffer that much you're kind of you know you're like well do i want to put my kids you know you've got so many questions that like well obviously he's been violent towards me he's been brutal but do i want my kid to kind of witness that anymore or will will my kids suffer from it as well will she be bitter yeah this man as well if she does something wrong it's so many questions that go through your mind as a parent i feel like you're sort of like stuck between wanting two parents for your kids and like not wanting your kid to be in an environment where they're seeing someone constantly shouting at their mum or constantly attacking their mum and so yeah like even today like um he, he regrets he regret the past even though he haven't changed but he regretted a whole lot because a lot of people are seeing me transform to something else and so now he's like dang i really made a huge mistake so, but isn't it always the case that you know i mean i want to say first congratulations to you for moving on and being you know able you. to take yourself you know and it, it, it's hard to start from nothing start again being someone completely new and making sure you become a better person as well um, right but also isn't it always a case that whenever someone does change the people who did them wrong will try and come back will try and you know be like i'm so sorry i've i've done you wrong and i've hurt you please take me back or please excuse me or you know when you accept someone's apologies you are a better person but it's not easy to do is it just to go to something a bit lighter um well not really lighter <laughs> uh, but you wrote a book called um household through the pain yes can you tell us about a bit about the book and what the book is basically so the book is basically talking about how i had all the bad and the wrong hustles um illegal hustles and about how I did this, did that, was stripping prostitutes and stuff, um, help sold drugs. And so how I did all of that stuff because of rejection, because of the pain that I went through. And then so now when I transformed my life over and gave my life to God fully, um, now I have so many positive and legal hustles that is like literally mind blowing. And so it's just basically, it's very, my book is very transparent and explaining how where I came from to the the middle and to now and also the future and giving people hope that because a lot of people I I I can I save well I'm not gonna say God uses me to save a lot of females. And so sometimes they get people like people like how I used to act, they get judged in the church, they get judged from how they look. And so sometimes people they get around me, they feel comfortable to be themselves and then they start changing because me just showing love to them and so no matter what type of religion you are no matter what type of politics you believe in whatever i just show love and it all and it makes them like conform to trying to live right and live better and without the the titles without the because some people give me a title but i'm not with all the titles of properties and all this and that and third but um but i just I just try, I work on my love walk. I just love people. Yeah, that's good. I mean, not everyone is able to do that, you know. So, but also I wanted to ask, so, you know, the process of writing a book is not easy at all. Um, but even harder when you try and write your own story. And especially if it's been a, a, a very, you know, if, if you've gone through hardship as you, had as, as you've been you know um how how was it you know when you were writing the book how was your mindset when you were talking about what's happened to you uh, you know the bad things that happened to you so with the book the hardest part to me was making sure i was healed from it because i didn't want to write the book and then be a hypocrite you get what i'm saying and so that was the hardest part to me, but also hard because I was like, okay, if I put this book out there, that means everybody gonna know I'm basically exposing myself. So make sure you're okay with people 
talking. Make sure you're okay with people bringing up your past again. Make sure you're okay with people just having that conversation. And when I realized and went to counseling and stuff that I was okay and I don't care, that what um, made me realize that, okay, I read it. It literally took me, the book is not even thick. It's not even long, but literally my mindset, it took me like three, four years to even, I, I paid the publisher off in full two years ago. Wow. Two years ago. I've been paid the publisher off two years ago. I've been had wrote the book, but it was just a mindset on, okay, is I'm ready to put it out there. And then my youth, in that time frame, facing my my past, I went through sleeping in my car to sleeping with, I mean, staying with a roommate to going to a homeless shelter to buying a house. And so I was going through all different kind of transitions in my life, but it, but it made me grateful and understand and appreciate life because everything was a process to where I am now. And so it didn't make sense why I was going through the whole process, but now everything makes sense of what I went through, why I had to go through it. So now I understand my purpose in life and I understand my calling in life. And I'm just grateful. I'm just grateful that I wasn't, because it could have been worse. I could have been could have got HIV, could have got AIDS, could have got a disease, or could have um could have been dead. I mean, it could have got worse. And so um I'm just grateful for life itself to even be able to tell my story. But as for writing it, I had to face everything head on. I had to confront it. I had to confront my past. Like, no, you're not gonna you're not gonna hinder me. You're not gonna stop me. And I had to literally like confront it, even though I didn't want to confront it. But I had to. Yeah, I mean. You're, you're also, you know, the sort of perfect example of, you know, you can go through, you know, hardships and really tough times in your life, but it's you who decides whether you want to get back up and get back on your feet and making sure you kind of move forward in the right directions. Right. For anyone who's sort of stuck in your situation now and is experiencing sex trafficking now, what would your advice be to them? If they're trying to find a way to like desperately get out, but obviously they feel quite lost and vulnerable, what would you say to them to help them? My advice, number one thing is to, even though we're scared, but a lot of stuff probably would have been prevented if I would have just spoke up and told the truth up front or tell somebody that I trust. So that will save a lot of trouble because even though I probably would, didn't go to the police, but somebody else could have went to the police for me. Mm-hmm. And I could have like remained anonymous or whatever. But I th- that the main thing is basically speaking up and talking about it. That's the main thing. And that's really what everybody would be scared of, just talking about it. So that really would have saved a lot because I kind of figured something bad was about to happen. Because I had to, for me to text my friend to say, if you don't hear from me, call the police. But when she asked me about it, I brushed it off and didn't tell her what happened. Mm. And so literally, she knew something, and she tried to get it out of me because she was being nosy. But I still wouldn't tell her what happened. So I feel like if we just be up front and find the courage and the confidence and the boldness to just be up front in the beginning part, it will save. Uh, it will save a lot of time. It will save a lot of people. It will. It will. It will just be better if we just say something up front. Uh, one thing I've been dying to ask you is um, about sort of why you support Trump. Because I'm not really. Obviously, I'm from the UK, so I'm not really that well educated on American politics. I probably should be, um, but I'm not. Um, but all I've really heard about Trump is kind of like negative things in the UK, things that he's racist, things that he's sexist. Um, obviously, you're a black woman. So when I found out that we were interviewing you, I was kind of confused because I was like, why, why does she support Trump? I don't like neither one of them, <laughs> to be honest. But um, <laughs> the only re- <laughs> the, the reason why I went with... Um, from the research because I still everything that I got from based off the research in which UK is easier to find stuff United States you don't know what's real what's not real and you got to try to figure out what's so my opinion it was just like a lot of things like for example okay um, my fiance was locked up for um, 
a drug charge and they had gave him almost a life sentence. He never killed nobody. He never robbed nobody. And so a lot of black men are getting life sentence or close to a life sentence for not even robbing or killing about just selling drugs. My thing was nobody really tried to do anything about that. And then me knowing what he go through in prison, if that's a prison, another form of slavery. He worked more than 40 hours a week at an actual factory job in a prison and get paid $200 a month. 200 a month. Wow. That's considered with overtime, but nobody really talking about that. And so, um, and some, and it, the, the, the regular pay be lesser than that. If he get like 150, he considered that as a good check. But the overtime pay is be $200 a month and working over 40 hours a week, working a um, plant job, help making masks. Like it's a, a unicorn they have in there. And so my thing was when um, Kim Kardashian had presented that to Trump about the whole prison thing, and he signed off on it, and she was talking about the, the black men or whatever, and he signed off on it, and it cut the nonviolent drugs offender time and half. So that applied to him. And so he's getting out this year. And so also it was just other things that, um, it was just other things like, okay, for example, with the uh, CEO, with um, the whole coronavirus stuff, with the money, wise government money. And he was saying that I'm not gonna give the rich people these different break with the money because you're not gonna do the right thing with it. So I'm gonna get to these small business to help them. And so even people I know that connected to me, a lot of people had got the 10,000 that they don't have to pay back. And so I know a lot of people in my community that um, basically they shifted and transitioned this year. And so part of me, it, it probably could have been selfish. I, I was thinking business aspect and thinking about how even my business or whatever um, benefited from it or whatever. So I probably think in business aspect, but as for to represent the country, I feel like that Biden do a good job with representing the country to keep more the peace because Trump do promote hate, but I'm not all for the hate. But I didn't, to me, it's just like, it. to my opinion, it's like, would you rather somebody show you their true colors in your face or somebody to act like they're one thing, but they're not. And they they really, you can't see their true color, but they still have bad intentions. Yeah. So that, that's what, because my thing is, like a lot of people that um that was fussing about the police um killing the black people, the thing about that, um, Biden apologized for even starting that, starting that whole law thing that, to protect the police. And so people don't do their research on the laws that Biden have signed because he's been in office like 40 years doing um, uh, politics, uh, uh, politics for like 40 years. And to see his actual name signed off on some of these and establish these laws that kept black men in bondage, that's what kind of had me kind of like, mm, I, I'm, I don't know. So yeah. I was, I was kind of confused. But from what I, the research that I saw at the time, that's what I went with. Now more stuff came out on over the time. More stuff came out, so I'm like, okay, I don't like either one of them. <laughs> but it is what it is. But I do feel like, okay, so me trying to go out of the country, I'm not trying to be in war with another country. <laughs> so yeah. I feel like Biden is the best decision to keep the peace because it, it just it. Trump was causing a lot of uh, uh, chaos, but my thing also was, the I was looking at the good in the bad, even though he was being bad, but he was exposing the government. I mean, Trump, Trump is well known to be controversial. I mean, he likes, you know, he's an actor. He likes to act. Right, He likes right. to be the center of attention. So that's why he'll be tweeting, uh, you know, things that just don't make sense. Or right. sometimes just be very yeah. controversial and be outrageous so that he gets the attention he wants. But you know what? The thing with controversial politicians is whenever they say or do something bad, it's all over the media, it's all over Twitter, everyone's going on about it. But when they do occasionally do good things, that's sort of overlooked and that's ignored. Right. So it just, I just, I, 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 don't, I don't trust him, I don't trust Biden, and it's it just hard to say. Only thing I'm just going by from what I seen in our community, I seen that the Democrat had us in bondage for, and this year, even though the coronavirus 
I never seen so many of our people come up, not just blacks, but blacks, white. I, I just seeing so many people like get successful out of this pandemic. I just try to look at the positive and the negative, but as for how he promote hatred, I'm not for that hatred. I'm not for the, or you acting like you're going to do something for the community and then you turn around, you just like, I'm not yeah. for that. It just some of the stuff behind the scenes that don't get talked about. That's why I had made my decision based off of that because it, okay. it affected our household. I mean, that's, that, that's something I, I had no clue, you know, like it, it is good to hear because honestly what we only hear in the uk from the us is trump is bad trump is again doing this again doing something wrong it's always trump is doing something wrong mm. so that's why it's 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 strange to hear good from trump i mean i had heard that you know the uh prison reforms had changed in the us and that you know he was um kim kardashian um, was working closely with the president and all of that, but it, you were the first person I met uh, that you know is uh, personally touched by it and you know affected by it in a good way. So that's really interesting. So that was my, but I'm glad Biden did because to see how Trump carrying on that he won't he would not leave the White House and won't give Biden <laughs> the information. I'm glad Biden is the because this is just ridiculous. This is embarrassing. This is embarrassing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's what that's what we say on 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 a lot of you know social media. Like you know, for example, there was um, a trending um, hashtags going on a few days ago with uh, what was it? Um, Trump something to do with a diaper, diaper don. Yeah, diaper don, which basically were a lot of memes as well of Donald Trump you know, in a um, child chair and kind of doing a tantrum, having a tantrum because he doesn't want to leave the right house. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, um, honestly, thank you so much. It's been great. Uh, you are so interesting. And I think uh, yeah. our listeners will, will learn a lot from you. And also people will be, you know, it's pointing out to something that is not spoken of enough you know it's not right. enough spoken of so i think that's brilliant and you are a brilliant person i mean you've turned your life you. upside down so kudos to you honestly yeah thanks good okay brilliant um and to all you listeners today thank you for joining us at the digestive make sure to follow us on twitter to keep an eye on updates i've just made the twitter account today so it's all <laughs> fresh for you guys to follow our username is at the digestive pod uh, we hope you've enjoyed listening to us and see you for our next episode. Bye. Bye.